This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jo North. Hi there, how are you doing? I thought I'd stop by and just to talk to you a bit about eco-innovation today. So that's the theme of the show. And the reason for talking about eco-innovation is because I've been doing so much work in this space in different sectors. I'm going to give you an overview of what eco-innovation is, some examples of eco-innovation in business and considerations for you to reflect on if you're thinking about how to build a more sustainable business model or more sustainable products and services, then I think this will be a really good introduction. And it's the first part in a series of shows that I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to do a deeper dive into sustainable business models and how you can innovate your business model after this and a range of other topics as well. So this is getting us started and it really is an introduction to eco-innovation. So let's define eco-innovation. Lots of different definitions out there. And what I've done is reviewed all of them and thought about the eco-innovation I've seen in practice and been working with. And my definition is this. Eco-innovation is business innovation that has the purpose of reducing or eliminating harm to the environment or of helping to restore positive environmental conditions. So there's a minimum standard there of doing no harm and preferably correcting some of the damage that might have been done to the environment through other innovations and other activities that we humans have undertaken in the past. So it's any innovation and it's about doing that in a sustainable way, either to prevent any further environmental damage or even better to restore and put back what was once there or to return things to how they were previously. There are some other terms for eco-innovation, terms such as sustainable innovation, environmental innovation, green, responsible, circular innovation. All of those terms are used interchangeably with eco-innovation. Some of them have different nuanced meanings. So circular innovation is something very specific and I'll come on to say a little bit more about circular innovation in a second. But these are all very close relatives of each other and all interconnected and part of eco-innovation. And what it involves, it's actually about instead of just designing a product or a service and trying to make that environmentally friendly or eco-friendly in itself, it's about thinking about the whole life of it, the whole life cycle of your innovation and in a way where you gain maximum use from materials so that you can retain their value in the economy. So there are some things that we can biodegrade and that will just go back into the earth and and the energy and value will return. And there are other things that won't biodegrade, of course. So it's really thinking through how could you recycle that, reduce the use of it, repair it to extend its life and so on. That's what we're thinking about. Can you, you know, change what it's made of so that it does a a job for us, but in a, a less damaging way for the environment? Eco-innovation also involves making strategic 
changes to build sustainability into the DNA of all of your business processes. So it's not just about the product or service that you produce, the end result. It's about how you organize, how you structure your business, how you run your processes, how you execute your day-to-day lives in working in your business and building sustainability as a really integral part into that too. And eco-innovation also means collaborating with customers, suppliers, partners, other stakeholders to drive sustainability across the full supply chain. So you can look at how you can do the best job together, decarbonizing the supply chain by being more effective and more efficient and thinking differently and thinking collaboratively. And eco-innovation really, really matters. I think it's always mattered and it's never mattered as much as it does today. And we've got a very real and pressing challenge of climate change. And for me, this means that every innovation needs to be an eco-innovation. When we're innovating, we need to be coming from the perspective of at least doing no harm, at best actually putting something good back into the environment. And I think that it's an individual responsibility, it's a collective responsibility, and businesses also have a huge role to play. So businesses of all sizes, in all sectors, whatever we're doing, have a really important role to play, but also a significant opportunity to make sure that, as a minimum, you know, we're not doing any harm as businesses to the planet, and actually we're playing a proactive part in its recovery. And that really does matter, doesn't it? And this is also shown by increasing consumer expectations around the field of eco-innovation because the research is showing more and more that customers want to purchase products they view as sustainable and they want to know that what they're buying, their own behaviours, their consumption choices won't negatively affect the environment. And this is especially and even more true of millennials and Gen Z consumers. They continue to influence for a world in which businesses and governments demonstrate a clear, transparent commitment to driving positive change. These statements that I'm making are supported by research. So there's a great study by Deloitte, for instance, from 2021 that really demonstrates how consumer expectations are increasing in this area and especially those of the next generation and generations of purchasers coming through, millennials and Gen Z. It's not just important morally for the planet and for consumers. It's also important for employees. You know, if you want to attract and retain talent going forward, and I've been working in all sorts of sectors over recent months, a really diverse range of different manufacturing sectors, service sectors, technology sectors, And one thing that those sectors all have in common, and this is globally, is actually the war for talent, you know, trying to get the right skills and retain those skills. So people to to drive the business forward, of course, are really important. And in fact, 30% of people who participated in a 21 survey by Deloitte said that they would consider switching jobs to work at a more sustainable company. And that's quite a statistic, isn't it? And a similar survey by Gallup showed that 7 in 10 people in the US, but 7 in 10 people looking for jobs, care to some significant extent about a potential employer's environmental record. So eco-innovation matters. It matters not just for the planet. It matters if you want to serve your customers, because this is becoming more and more important for customers, as, as we've seen. And it's becoming more and more important if you want to attract and retain great people in your organisation.
And what this means in practice is actually applying the themes from the circular economy in practice. Now, the circular economy is where you think about raw materials and, and, and you know what we make things from and what we do with them in two different ways. It's a technical cycle, which is where we have materials that, you know, they don't go back into the earth, they don't biodegrade, they don't disintegrate and go back into nature. You know, once they're made, they're made. And then there are materials which are in the biological cycle. So these are natural materials that do biodegrade. So in the technical cycle, you've got things like, you know, the metals and things like that that we use to make computers and phones, anything that's a man-made material. And what we need to do with those materials when we're innovating is to think about how can we maintain and extend the life of the product for as long as possible? How can we innovate to do that? Because the value of those materials in the technical cycle is actually in the product itself. So that means repairing things preventatively, extending life, and so on. When the product is past its useful life, it's then how could we recycle it? Can we take it to bits and remanufacture? So engines, for instance, taking the engine out, stripping it down and putting it back together again to remanufacture that engine and get maybe 80% of the performance and not having to have all the wastage involved in creating a brand new engine. So with those technical materials, it's how can we use them, extend life, use them for different things and be very creative in, in how we use them. But thinking about that from the very moment we innovate something new. On the biological cycle, things are, you know, are biodegradable. We still need to get the most use out of those to do the best for the environment and the planet. On the biological cycle, that of course includes things like food and natural stuff, cotton and those sorts of things. But we get problems when we combine hardcore items from the technical section of materials with the biological cycle because then what we can't do is separate those so materials such as polycotton for instance once we combine the man-made with the natural cotton it becomes something that we can't extract and use separately so thinking about all of those through it is really really important if you are interested in exploring this in more detail i am going to be doing more shows on this theme and doing deeper dives but do take a look at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation website because there's lots and lots there on the circular economy. And I think it's such a good checklist, a starting point for thinking, what are we making here? What are we producing? When we do this going forward, how can we do that even more sustainably? How can we innovate so that we are remanufacturing, recycling, extending life and so on and, and being mindful of what we combine so that we can do the best job for the planet as well. So check that out and have a look at that and think about actually how circular is your business, how circular are your innovations and how can you build in that circularity to your activities and what you do. Now, I've promised you a few examples of eco-innovation. I could have put hundreds in here and I've just picked three. One example is some new sources of protein because over 20% of greenhouse gas emissions come from agricultural sources. And obviously with population, you know, people need to be fed. So this has led to alternative protein innovations. So companies challenging themselves to deal with new regulation in the future and how we eat. So Tyndall is a company that makes ridiculously good chicken from plants. 
and I eat sort of all the plant kitchen and plant pioneer stuff as well I'm sure you know it's becoming so much more freely available it's so much easier isn't it not to eat meat and that's thanks to partly to companies like Tyndall that are giving us good protein alternatives there's also companies like Turtle Tree who are doing food for good and Turtle Tree are also creating protein for humans and animals as well made out of cell technology so companies that are innovating with an eco purpose to really do better for the planet and another example and this is a very different example is Repsol Repsol are a petroleum company and they're applying circular economy principles to polyurethane foam because this is the stuff that goes into mattresses couches sofas vehicle seats and you know once it's been used there's not a lot in its current form there's not a lot you can do with it it's very bulky very wasteful and it's got low density and it takes up a lot of room so what Repsol are doing is they found a way of taking the polyurethane foam and making it circular so that they can recycle that foam over and over again and continue to use it for mattresses going forward Uh, That's the second example. And the third example of an eco-innovation that I've got for you is NotPla. And what NotPla is, it's a substitute for single-use plastic. NotPla is made from seaweed and plants. It biodegrades really naturally in weeks. And it doesn't compete with food crops. It doesn't need fresh water or fertiliser. And it actually helps maintain the health of the oceans as well. So NotPla is an innovation that is a really great replacement for single-use plastic from a packaging point of view. Three examples of eco-innovation there. And if you're thinking about doing eco-innovation in your business, I would suggest you follow the following steps. Firstly, assess the eco-innovation opportunity. So look at what's going on out there. Look at the advances in technology, in materials, in energy, and all the strides that so many different sectors are making going forward, because there's probably opportunity in there for you to learn from that, to maybe use some of that technology in your own products and services. And then have a really good hard look, step two, at your own organisation and deconstruct it step by step, how you make things, how you produce things, how you deliver things, the energy sources that you use, you know, how you travel, all of those things, and see where you, know, you can make materially the biggest difference to your carbon footprint, to sustainability, and find ways that you can drive eco-innovation into your business model. From there, having assessed the external opportunity and looked at yourselves internally as a business, then it's really time to shape your value proposition. So like Notpla have done with the single-use plastic substitute made out of seaweed or biodegradable, is you know they've got a really clear value proposition there. And for your eco-innovation to be commercially successful, it needs to do a couple of things. Firstly, it needs to properly solve the problem that it's intended to. So it needs to do a good functional job. It needs to be something that people will get, they'll understand, you can communicate it clearly and then they'll be motivated to buy it because you can do it at such a cost, it might be slightly more expensive than the non-eco version, but even so it's still affordable for your target customer. So shape all of that value proposition, test it, evaluate customer demand as you would with any innovation and then work through, go back again and put sustainability at the very heart 
of how you deliver that product and service to your customers in your business model. You'll need to do a business case, as always, of course, to work that through, get the costings correct. You might need to invest in some research and development and be very iterative. We've talked before on the show, haven't we, about lean innovation, testing things quickly, learning quickly, failing quickly and going again, being informed by what you learn rather than innovating in a vacuum. So building that in to your process and working through what that means financially. And also considering the principle of environmental accounting. And what this means is that when you take your decision whether or not you're going to pursue something or not, as well as thinking about the financials of things, think about what will this do environmentally? How will it improve your environmental performance? Will it help you control costs? Will you be cleaner? And how will it work through all the way through into your customer proposition in terms of being a great incentive for your customers to buy from you as well? So what environmental accounting does is it helps you to demonstrate the impact of your business actions on the environment and use that to complement how you normally do your financial measurement too. I hope that's been a really useful start, an introduction to eco-innovation, an eco-innovation 101 if you like. So it's about innovation that really is there at least to do no harm to the planet, preferably to do some good for the planet. It's there to serve customers. Customers are voting with their feet in terms of where they want to buy from and the sorts of things they want to buy. And also people are deciding when they're working out who they're going to work for, what careers they're going to pursue. Having an environmental conscience is really important to many, many talented people in the workforce as well, as we've seen from the research. And then work that through, you know, think about how you can make things circular. Think about the technical cycle, the biological cycle and the environmental impact as well as the financial decisions that you're making. So there's quite a bit there. If you'd like to read all about that, I have written this out in more detail in an article on the bigbangpartnership.co.uk website. And you'll find it if you just do slash introduction to eco innovation. It's there for you. I'd love to know what you think. Let me know. And uh, good luck with your eco innovation. If you'd like um, any help or any more materials or resources, I've got lots available. So just drop me a, a note and let me know. Right. So I will be back hopefully next week with more on eco innovation. We're going deeper next time, looking at sustainable business model development. And I'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.